Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts, and my co-host, uh, Dr. Jeannie Thomason, she's not here right now. She had an emergency, but she will be joining us sometime during the show. Today, we're going to be speaking with Gail Pope again. She is uh, from Bright Haven Animal Retreat. I like the retreat part. So we're going to be talking about natural care, the Bright Haven way today. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick Dog Boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E dash to dash p-i-c-k dot com pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick a-b-o-n-e dash t-o dash p-i-c-k dot com get 10% off with coupon code petlife hey all you dog stylists are you on the cutting edge of canine design and shaggy chic Groomer Has It on Animal Planet is now casting for Season 2. Groomer Has It is looking for competitive dog stylists with amazing personalities to compete to become Animal Planet's top groomer. $50,000 grand prize for the winner, plus weekly compensation for all contestants during filming. If you have what it takes to be the top groomer, then audition for Groomer Has It today. For more information, contact Catherine at 310-727-3337, extension 71272, or email Groomer has it at gmail.com. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. And now, here is our amazing guest, Gail Pope. Thank you for being with us, Gail. Hello there, Kim. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm actually scribbling down handicappedpets.com here as, as I'm trying to say hello because Joey, who's lying on the 
floor here beside me on a big poofy bed in his wheelchair has got he has no me 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 can I yes you should I was really hoping Gail that you would be able to participate in this because I want to let everybody know this was just so near and dear to our hearts and we had um, good listener feedback yesterday on that show because what it does is it adds another element to as you know because you have a dog right there it adds another element to their it's it's dignity for them and longevity you know whereas in the past we would euthanize them now they have we have an option not to and um, both Mark Robinson and Deb Winters the found uh, Mark is the founder of this organization he lost his own dog who was paralyzed and didn't know that they had this option he um, that's why he started handicap pets dot com and Deb Winters is his partner who also lost her own dog who was also disabled so um, they have a passionate heart to share that and I thought this was a wonderful opportunity for them to um, to show how how great these if it's going to be in a major media outlet how great to have a feature story gosh I'd love to see your organization get in there too Gail (laughs) yeah so would I I, you know they're just such an inspiration handicapped people as well as handicapped animals just have so much life to live and and they don't give up they take animals particularly just take their handicap for granted they they go through an amazingly awful injury and they just keep on going they don't look back they live in the moment and they just oh well they've taught us so much Oh, we were just talking about that yesterday and how they also teach us how to deal with people with disabilities. And I am fascinated by this because I had a little corgi friend by the name of Emma who was also in a, had her, her little um, cart or wheelchair and doggy wheelchair. So, um, it, and it was really great for my own dog to learn how to interact with her, which didn't take much because you know how animals are. They're just really, Okay, they just deal. Everything's just in the moment for them. So, and today we're we're talking with you, and I'd like to give our audience your website, which is www.brighthaven.org, is a sanctuary, and in the truest sense of that, because you don't do rescue, you keep the animals who come to to stay with you. I mean, you don't adopt them out, do you, Gail? Oh no, no animals. In fact, we don't accept new animals anymore. We're changing our focus more to one of learning to help other people to help animals in the same way that we've done now that we we realize how actually easy it is to care for elderly and disabled animals i figure we can save a huge amount more animals by having other people love them and open their hearts and homes to them so that's really our focus that the animals that live here with us have come from either an injury situation they've been abused they've been abandoned their owners died and we've always had the policy that they're home for life however long or short that is and you know you recently after you were on our show had lost two of your long-term animals there and you wrote a really lovely newsletter about that and how um, the whole process of allowing them a natural death and um, or like you like to say, they've moved on <laughs> and and um, out of this uh, earthly plane. And I think that that was really, it was really, for me to read that, it was really, um, it was encouraging. And I think it would be encouraging to anybody who's ever lost a, a pet that you love. Uh, I don't think anyone who listens to our show doesn't love their animals, though. Uh, yeah, that's just, that's just a given. And today we're going to, what was really, what really struck me about the work that you do, not only are you, you know, you have these animals that live in your home and you keep them where they might have been castaways, throwaways, or even just, like I said earlier, euthanized, Gail, because of age of all the ridiculous things. Um, you bring them into your home and then you care for them holistically, which I 
of course, that's obviously what our show is primary focus. And you, you provide a natural diet and lifestyle, and then you also use natural modalities with them. So, and I know that's something that's passionate for you. Is that how you started when you first started with the sanctuary, or is that something that you evolved to? Hmm, gosh, no, it's been an 18-year-old journey of learning. We started off, well, actually, when, when the idea came to me, I'm really kind of out of the blue. It's interesting how coincidences happen. Somebody asked us if we would take care of an elderly, or I say elderly, she was about 25 years old, a deaf and blind cat who... That's pretty, that's pretty old for cats nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, not for us. However, Gloria was about 25, she was deaf and blind, and she was taken to a vet hospital where I later got a job and work to get some learning experience. And we brought her in with our own two cats and took care of her. And so I guess that piqued my interest. Then I went to visit a sanctuary where over 100 cats were living of all ages and they had an adoption policy and all that. And I was absolutely astonished to see how so many cats could all live together and be happy. It just didn't just didn't seem, ah, I'd never thought about it. I just didn't believe it possible. And I suppose that sunk into my mind too. And then literally a week after that, I was driving up the 405 freeway with my daughter at six o'clock one morning. And I just suddenly said, oh my God, I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And that's how our first organization, or still the same thing, but we, we called ourselves Cats of People Too, until oh. about three years later we changed the title because we had dogs and horses and all sorts by then. Oh, you even have a pig now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, all 800 pounds of him. <laughs> He's a big boy. Um, and, and so you have, uh, of course, you obviously love uh, animals before the show. We were talking about that and how, how much they um, bring to our lives. And I have found, as has Jeannie, if anybody has ever allowed your animal, and Gail, I'm sure you've run into this, where people just say, well, he's old now, I'd like to get a new one, so what do we do with the old one? And they often will dump them off at shelters. And uh, what what I hope to encourage with talking with you and some of the other people like Deb Winters with Handicap Pets is not only that we are affording them alternatives to living a quality of life, but also that people would learn to enjoy those older animals have so much to teach us. Oh, don't they just? It's I you know, I don't know. I think it's it's an area that none of us really think about. I grew up in a very conventional home where when our animals got to a point where life was a bit more difficult and changes had to be made, the vet would say, "Oh, you know, I guess it's kind of time." And we, you know, I mean, we took it for granted. I grew up that way as many 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 people out there most of us did in the old days, but mm-hmm. and so it was just a way of life and I think we have evolved to be very much a disposable, selfish society. And, I mean, sometimes we might put our parents out on the ice as well, mightn't we? <laughs> you know, we, we don't have a reverence. I, I think I grew up in earlier years without the reverence for the elderly and working with elderly animals and seeing that when we first started, we euthanized at what we thought was the right time. And then we began a journey into natural feeding and other kinds of natural health care and we saw our animals starting to look healthier and to respond and as as the journey progressed we found them living longer and that brought with it an awful lot of other problems which then go hand in hand with human health care for the elderly I'm not terribly hospice is a fairly new word and at first I loved it and then I suddenly realized that when people say the word hospice in their mind they think death 
And mm-hmm. for us, hospice doesn't mean death. Hospice means not feeling very well, going through a change as we're getting older, and maybe need some changes to diet and healthcare. And when those changes are made, to be aware that the changes can be for a return to health. We had a cat called Frasier who died two years ago at 35 years old. And 35? Oh, you're so amazing, Gail. <laughs> and, you know, most of our, I mean, I'm, that's a sweeping statement, but a lot of our cats live into their late 20s. The, um, the email I think you read may have been about Beauregard, who was 28 it, years old. Yeah, it was Beauregard. And when Beauregard died, it was, it, people have kind of got used to who we are and what we do here, or what the animals do, I guess. And somebody said to me, oh, my God, Beauregard died. Oh, God, he's been with you for so many years. What an institution. He was your leader. Oh, this is just awful. Well, what, what do you think went wrong? What did he die of? And it was only afterwards I kind of thought, well, that's just such a wonderful compliment to these animals that she didn't say to me, oh, I guess it was his time. Because obviously, yes, it was his time. And, you know, we accept whatever the time is, whether it's three years old or 33 years old, but... Society, for the most part, has taught us to judge, and, but when we let go of that, we find the animals live longer. Instead of focusing on death in our mind and when that's going to be, we, we try to live. I mean, it's not easy for humans. I don't think we're conditioned to live in the moment, but when we do try it and we let animals show us how to do it, that's, that's when the miracles of healing occur. It's, it's all to do with energy as far as we're concerned. And I think a lot of people are, are often, well, maybe not a lot anymore, Gail, because we're looking more to natural health for ourselves. But I think that a lot, that, that in the past more people um, would be shocked to think that an animal could come bounce back. If the body is properly supported, with things that it needs, you know, as far as correct diet and also not trying to suppress symptoms with, um, you know, pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how the body, is, I mean, the body was designed to heal itself anyway. That's so, healthy, firmly. So I think so many of them, uh, so many of our animals get sick and old and die far, far younger than they were ever intended to. And like you said, it, it doesn't necessarily so. I mean, everyone dies when they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at, at the same time, you have all of these elderly animals that a lot of people might have thought, well, they're old now, I need to trade them in on something new. And here they are still living on and on and on because you have supported them. So mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. You're not focusing on death. You're focusing on life. And one of the things, and I know you know Dr. Ella Battel because I believe she's yeah. done some teaching with you. Yes, yes, she's wonderful. Well, she has been a guest on our show, and one of the things that she did, it was an, uh, she did an after-show segment with us, and we you know, put them into little segments of two minutes, five minutes, so forth, and one that has gotten highly downloaded was um, a segment that she did with us called, you don't, you, you um, it's something to do with when you, you begin to live when you, when you understand death. You begin to really mm-hmm. live when you understand that well death is a celebration of life or at least it should be but you know I was raised to absolutely be scared of the word and a lot of the people I meet you know you try to talk about death and they become embarrassed they get red faced they get a little bit angry they you know they start talking about pain and suffering and you know they become really upset and I know because I used to and it's it is an area that we're very very scared of 
of what we don't understand. And right, of what we don't understand. And I think my partner, Jeannie, has joined us, so she's um, on the road there, obviously. <laughs> yep, I'm on the road. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, you know, and I think that's uh, what's interesting, though, Gail, what you've done is um, it gives you what, what, I, what I see sitting from here and what I've read about you and, and listening to you talk is that you've brought dignity to them. Dignity to those animals that are living with you, but also um, helping people to learn how to do the same in their own households through the educational program that you are doing. That's really important to me because, in actual fact, it's it's a big compliment for you to say we've brought dignity to them. And yes, to a degree, but the most important thing we've brought to them is love and just allowing them to be and to offer healing for its highest good. And sometimes when we offer healing of any kind, I mean, for us, that would be homeopathy and probably Reiki too, but we offer it in the knowledge that it's for their highest good. And sometimes that highest good is for them to complete their journey with us this time. But also sometimes their highest good is to get well again and to live for another one, two, five, ten years. We've seen it go every single way. And I mean, we've been privileged. Most people live with one or two cats, one or two dogs, you know, whatever the combination, and you don't see the social structure that develops when you have a lot of cats and dogs living together mm-hmm. that we've been really lucky to live with. We've seen how animals help each other in death and in life, and it they create a society just, just as we do. I mean, we feel very lucky they allow us into that society, but... Mm-hmm. It's I was wondering, Gail, as you're, you know, because you do mention this in your newsletters, and I was wondering, as you guys observed how, let's say, your cats would react to, um, or respond is a better word, respond to one, one, when one of the cats is dying. They're there with them, but they're they're just there with them. You know, they're not in their space. They're not stressing out or freaking out like we often do. They're just there with them, supporting them. That's right. Is that how you learned for yourselves how to to help a, a, as an animal is dying because I know that, I that so. you do. Ex- I think that's a really big part of it because when we very first, <laughs> if somebody had shown me a picture when we first started back in the old days of what I would be doing with my life, to me when, when we started rescuing animals, it was never in my mind that they were going to die. And had you told me in those days that I would, be present at the deaths of maybe 500 animals, I would have run screaming. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, in it, luckily it has been a, a journey over a long time and mm-hmm. some of the deaths have been absolutely heartwarming and wonderful and others have been not very nice at all. We've, you know, we've kind of seen them all. They're always different even now, even, we've, even though we've learned a lot, we still know that each one is not going to be the same as the last. Mm-hmm. And yet we... To me, it's just so important that people can try to open their heart and lose some of the fear that we have of death and and to be able to support it and understand it just a little bit better. And the other thing that uh, I'm sure people are wondering, because often, and and in your case it's different because it is a sanctuary, it's not a rescue where you're bringing in lots of animals and then moving them into foster homes and moving them out. So I do understand that a lot of the rescues probably have some restraints on how much or how little they can do because of funding. Um, But uh, you probably started this out, I think even a sanctuary has struggles. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
there's always there's always funds that are always needed, mm-hmm. and yet you've chosen to go a holistic route with caring for them. And isn't, isn't that silly? <laughs> I think it's wonderful. In fact, that's what actually in, that's what intrigued us about your your um, sanctuary because it, honestly, I, I think that if more people would do that, not only would it be more affordable for more of us, um, it's actually much more affordable because you have less vet bills. <laughs> right. I think we just, you know, I, I guess I call it luck. We were very lucky. I was completely opposed to holistic care. I didn't know anything about it. Are you it. serious? You? Absolutely, completely. Yeah, as I said before, I was, you know, I grew up in a conventional home with a very conventional mm-hmm. mindset that, my doctor and my vet were God, and they would cure absolutely everything that I might need in oh, life. Oh, you're a living testimony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there have been two people in my life that really dragged me kicking and screaming into the natural world. And the first is a lovely lady called Vicki Allenson, who you may have on the show. She's a wonderful animal communicator. She's an animal nutritionist, and she she became one of my volunteers way back in the early 90s. And she started saying to me, you know, this this um, very popular kibble that you feel is the best food available is actually not doing your animals any good. And I, I thought she was an idiot, so I thought... <laughs> <laughs> I was very candid here. <laughs> she kept on and on and on telling me that I was not looking after my animals properly, and, and she kept telling me about the natural raw meat diet. And sooner or later, I said, okay, well, you know, I mean... This is just awful. I'm probably going to kill everybody, but yeah, let's just a bit. So we did, and we saw bright, you know, we saw bright, shiny eyes and coats in 20-year-old cats and dogs that actually we thought were dying, who suddenly sprung back to life. And then she introduced me to another lady who you do know. I know she's been on your show a few times, and that was Dr. Christina Chambreau. And Chris- <laughs> Christina came into my life. Another coincidence. She actually came into my life on a day that one of our cats was dying. She was lying in my arms. She'd been in acute renal failure for some time. I was working for a vet, so I knew exactly what I was dealing with, and I knew she was dying, and she was only hours away, and she was very close. And I was crying, and I was irritable and upset and angry and hurt and all the, you know, everything. And (laughs) Vicky... Vicky made Christina call me since I refused to call this person who obviously practiced voodoo. And so Christina called me and I said, oh, God, I'm so sorry, old dear. This is just terrible. I shouldn't have let this happen. Um, you, don't, you know, Vicky doesn't understand. Cindy's dying. You can't do anything to help her. And so she said in her very Christina fashion, um, excuse me, who's the vet here, you or me? And so that silenced me for a moment. And she persuaded me to sit down for half an hour and let her talk to me and cuddle Cindy and be in the moment and just at least get my breath back and then we'd see at the end of it. So she did. Long and short, when it is a long story, she prescribed a remedy and Cindy lived for nine more months. And that, right. No, she did, really. Uh-huh. Wow. That, was wow. Our, uh, that was our first miracle. I mean, in all honesty, the miracles we saw from feeding the natural diet could all be little miracles too, but that mm-hmm. was our very first miracle where we had lab work that supported the fact that this cat was close to death. And then this seemingly innocuous little sugar pill changed. <laughs> seemingly. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it piqued my interest. I suddenly realized that maybe I didn't know everything and maybe I felt a lot younger than I suddenly 
realized and suddenly I felt very insecure and unsure and so I started learning a little bit and over that following year Christina introduced us to quite a few of her classical veterinary homeopath friends and some of them volunteered to take a patient for me and work with some of our animals to show us healing by homeopathy and we've now been working with homeopathy as our main modality for at least 15 years, we work with America's finest veterinarians, in my opinion, and we still, to this day, see the miracles of healing, such as Fraser at 35 years old. I, I really am intrigued by the homeopathy, not something that I'm well-versed in, but it's definitely something that, even just for some acute situation with myself and, and, and um, my dog, Shadrach, where... You know, we just, it was weird within a week of each other. I mean, I had a, a muscle strain, a pretty, it was a muscle terror. Um, and it was the homeopathy that got me past the first three days where I could walk again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the same, he had a strain and his same thing. And it, it, just little things like that. But you go into the constitutional and the, and the chronic and everything. And yet it's amazing. And when you know, understand that it, you know, that it's a, um, energetic healing. Makes a whole lot of sense, doesn't it, Gail? Well, it does to me now. It didn't in those days. It was complete gobbledygook to me. But <laughs> I do, these days I do a lot of consultation work, and it's mostly in that gray area where people have an animal, and it's, you know, it's, well, we have a booklet called As Time Goes By, and it's, it's kind of the wake-up call. When, when an animal gets to a certain age, as a human, you get to middle age or elderly, and suddenly things don't work as well, and you see signs of things that are changing. And very often people go to the vet at that time, and the vet runs blood work, and they have a diagnosis of, and the most obvious one, obviously, with cats, is chronic renal failure, Mm-hmm. Good reason for that, though, isn't there? Yeah. And, yeah, and depending how advanced it is, they generally kind of go, well, you know, not a lot we can do. You know, it's mm-hmm. close to that time. And people are looking for answers now, whereas before they weren't, they just euthanized or they waited until the animal literally died. Well, I think partly, yeah. Gail, is um, us teaching about the nature of a cat. If people understood that a cat was a desert animal to begin with, then they shouldn't be drinking a lot of water if they're right. eating. You know, if they're eating a natural diet, they're going to get their fluids from that diet, and that is, you know, they are an obligate carnivore, meaning they're obligated to eat meat. So if they're getting their fluids from that, um, they're, they're not going to have these typical renal or diabetic situations that we're seeing all the time with um, our domesticated cats nowadays. That's, That's coming right. from the kibble diet. <laughs> you know. So, in the old days, we had bowls of water all over the house. Um, well, we had we had stations that had kibble all over the house, so that everybody had kibble available and water available, and they drank gallons. But then, when we did the natural diet, we would, and even I mean, these days, the water drinking part is part of our homeopathic observation because, as you so rightly said, cats in nature and dogs too shouldn't be drinking great quantities of water. So right. when you do see them drinking, you know very well that they have some imbalance in their body going on. And it, in homeopathy as well, we don't necessarily need to name what a, a disease is. And somebody gave me a, something that I, I bore people with, and I'd love to tell you it's just a really simple analogy of looking at the word disease. And when in, nat- in nature, if you look at the body imbalance, it's in a state of ease, everything being well. 
And therefore, when something is out of balance and the body's not functioning properly, it's in a state of disease. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I grew up, the word disease started to take on more and more scary meanings. And if somebody said to me, oh, it's a so-and-so disease, I was really fearful of that until mm-hmm. I, I encountered the world of natural medicine where it was, oh, it just means something's not working properly. Well, and then also I think homeopathy also teaches that each person has, each animal, each person is unique. Therefore, each, even though certain symptoms manifest as what we call modern-day diseases, I think that's Jeannie's phone doing that. Um, um, so I had to, at any rate, I think that what happens is that we don't understand that each person is unique, each animal, so that if you have Things you know, I, diabetes is a symptom. Um, Cushing's is a symptom. Renal, renal, or kidney problems are a symptom. Mm-hmm. So, but all of those d- don't culminate into a certain disease. You know, we have these modern day diseases that we or that we've named for diseases, Gail. Yeah. And yet, each person, each animal has their own dis-ease or imbalance when something's not right. And, and we, I think it's so good to be able to let go of having to focus on the one thing and look at the body as a whole. Exactly. And and really that's it, looking at it as a whole mind, body, spirit, right? Yes, exactly. And all interdependent. Mm -hmm. And and Gail, you do. I I know we've... I cannot believe how fast the time has gone. It's just amazing. What I'd like to do, we're going to take a real short break and when we come back, I'd really like to talk with you about how people can help and what you have coming up on the horizon for your uh, educational program and uh, also mention your booklet. So uh, don't go away, everybody out there. We're going to be right back after a word from one of our partners. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. If you love your pet, you won't want to miss the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, September 27th and 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. Check out the latest in pet products and services from over 100 exhibitors. Meet adoptable pets from local shelters and rescue groups demonstrations and a pet fashion show plus you can enter your pet into lots of fun contests with great prizes it's all at the louisville pet lovers expo september 27th and 28th at the kentucky expo center go to louisvillepetexpo.com for more Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. 
Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. As we said earlier, you're running a sanctuary and your animals are there to stay for good and you're no longer taking any new animals in at this point because I know you said you were going to be focusing more on your education. But you still need help because you do have a lot of animals there and and, um, uh, and again, you're also educating, which is definitely near and dear to our hearts. So I do know that a couple of ways that people can help and um, would you share that with us? Well, I guess finance is always the most important thing. Donations, we are always, always, always terribly appreciative of anybody who would like to donate, maybe to sponsor one of our animals or just send us a small donation. It doesn't matter how large or small, just to go towards the cost of our animals' care. Um, we do have horses and a humongous great pig and some goats. <laughs> yeah, an 800-pound pig, huh? <laughs> <laughs> as well as cats and dogs. And, you know, the cost just of taking care of horses is huge. It is. And, you know, we, as you know, we do all sorts of different modalities and we leave no stone unturned. So our health care expenses can be pretty high. Actually, the food bills are probably the highest. That comes I would imagine. But donations always. Um, for people that are, are local, obviously volunteer. For people that aren't local, you know, we are always looking for volunteers that can help us with writing, working with the website. Oh, there are so many things that you can even do from a distance for those that are interested. I would love to write more booklets. So far, I've only done two, and time kind of prohibits doing them too. too now, people can buy the booklets also to help, can't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. We would love that. The first one is called As Time Goes By, and that's really... It's, they're, they're both fairly small booklets. They're not great long books, but they're, they're geared to just point people in the direction that we would go when we find something going wrong with health and just to give a perspective of what to do and where to go to find out and just some ideas of diet and how to take care of an animal who isn't feeling very well. And then the other one, the other one's a little bit more detailed. It's called Into the Light and it basically chronicles an animal's journey through death. And I really, really wanted to do that really passionately because I think it's something that people don't have the opportunity to learn about and we're one of very very few people in in the land in the world if you like who lives with dying animals and is gaining an understanding of of what that means everything I've heard from you and and Dr. Ella Battelle and others who who work in this you know with these elderly animals um, and are, are seeking to do that in a natural way, Gail, they, they, they come, you have a gentleness about you that maybe the rest of us don't simply because we're in the hustle and bustle of the world all the time, for one thing. Another thing is because as much as many of us would like to say we don't fear the unknown, which is the big, you know, or, the, or death, um, I think a lot of people do. And this, actually, the work that you're doing... Uh, it gives you, it helps people to, as you watch the animals, I think they have so much to teach us, but if we watch them and how they deal with things, it's quite different than how we do. Yeah. I don't think they resist when they know it's their time to go and when they know, hey, you could help me here and I can get well, <laughs> they yeah. let you know that too. Well, you uh, have to allow whatever will be to be, you have, we have to kind of be less judgmental. But for humans, I think it's mostly about pain and suffering and all the emotions that we try to bury because we're so scared. It's opening up and allowing ourselves to live in the moment and and learn. 
Well, I think we might have somebody on the line that may have a question for you. It's Dr. Bera Dordoni. She's a friend of ours. So um, I'm going to open the line for her because she's actually looking to open a sanctuary also, Gail, and I think you two need to meet. (laughs) We've only spoken by email, but I'm not even alone on the line, believe it or not. I also have somebody on the line with me named Lynn Stiles. Oh, you kidding? No. <laughs> Hi, Gail. I, I'm not sure how this is happening, but the network of the world is is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to try well, and convince you... Kim that she needs a new dog. So, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just think it's great that you guys all get to meet. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we love you, and we think you are the most Aww. amazing of all. So, you know, we all wonderful people get to meet through you. Because because you and and Jeannie have got such an amazing show. Oh, and thank you. And the fact that you have Gail on today just absolutely thrills well, me. And, and, what I've been wanting to hear. And to meet her and hear her lovely voice. And Gail is just, I mean, the work that she's doing out there. Now, Gail, you're getting ready to do some education. I mean, you're really, that's where your focus is going, isn't it? It absolutely, absolutely is. It's, it's the most important thing. However, I'm going to have to sidetrack because... Lynn being on the line is just such a golden opportunity for us to appeal to people. What people can do is to send me their email address and join my network. We have just had the most, I mean, I network a lot to try and find homes for animals that we can't keep here. So essentially they're elderly animals over the age of 16 or animals recommended for euthanasia, you know, the ones that nobody else wants. And over the last few years, we have found homes for so many of these animals, and just this week alone, we ventured out into something a little new. And Lynn, Lynn, I'm going to just hand over to you, and you can tell them what happened. <laughs> well, we have we have a dog that we've been dealing with rescue, and he has gone to a new home that is not working, and he needs a new home. And he also, if we're not going to find him a new home close by, then we need help getting him from. New Mexico back to me at Northern California where we will love him and take care of him until we can find him that forever permanent wonderful home. And Gail, I, I tried to reach out to people and get help and I finally had to call on my wonderful dear friend Gail who shines beyond any 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 reality of, of her rays stretch so far and beyond. Even I who love her am overwhelmed by the response to her email and, and sharing her network with me, it, my cup overflows. It, it gives me reason for hope again, and I, I, I don't know what to say. This is all accident and, and awesome that I am here, but thank you. Well, the, but also, Kim, we're going to try and put you on the spot just a little bit here, because Shadrach, you know, has been begging for a companion. You know, oh, here we go. You guys are back. <laughs> well, you know what, what has happened is that I I called Vera by error. I was calling the people that he is with, saying, you know, we've got all these offers, and now I need to finalize this and and, and work on this. And and I was telling Vera about what he will deal with when he comes back here to my rescue, which is he's safe here and he is loved here and he is fed appropriately, but he knows it's not forever here. And she said, oh, it's too bad that he has to go right away I know somebody who may be interested who knows dogs and loves dogs and does all species appropriate raw feeding and you know it's just too bad it's happening this way and I said well it isn't that he has to come back to me he just has to get out of the homies in now so As she I was sit just here in and the, the whole world listening. <laughs> well, and she was just 
in the process of giving me your, trying to give me your number, and she said, oh, let me just give you her website, because I'm in a hurry, and I'm in a hurry, and we're all in a hurry, and she said, oh, my God, not only is she on the air now, but Gail is on with her. Hang on. So, (laughs) (laughs) you're getting on a conference call with me, woman. Oh, my goodness. So, I don't want to interrupt and take away from Gail's work, because this is her time. So, and I just thought, well, we'll put it out there, because everything else has been miraculous and wonderful. So, well, was. so the audience hears this. I'm, I will be talking with them later. <laughs> when this is all We're about. all dying to find out more about this dog. And I'm, yeah, it must be a very, very, very special dog, as they all right. are. But thank you, Gail. That's amazing that you've connected with them because we can see that the love that you have for animals and the work that you're doing is going to um, be spreading just magnanimously as. I can hear the echo there. Which wow, all of a sudden you're echoing. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was Jeannie. Uh, she's on her cell phone. So, <laughs> Gail, you know, we're actually coming towards the end of the show, and I was um, curious as to um, how people, what message would you really, really like to leave the audience hearing? You know, what, what do you want to have them go away with as they, as they uh, step up, hopefully, to help your program? And also to get them on the right step, the whole message of your Bright Haven, because we call this, you know, bright, you know, natural animal care, the Bright Haven way. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely, I, I mean, I'm completely speechless. I'm so bowled over by, <laughs> by what's happened in the last few minutes that, you know, just the power of love, I guess, is for me what it's all about. It's, it's all about love and just look what we can achieve when we love each other and love animals and when we just allow things to happen and live in the moment. And I think I would just appeal to everybody to just think about that and, and try and just make it part of your lives and just remain open to everything. And then we can all learn because we all have so much to learn from each other about life and love. We do, and I and I really appreciate that you share that. Is there anything that you would like the audience to know specifically on how to get involved in helping you, Gail, um, in uh, you know with the getting the education out there, or whatever? Because you know that's something that's real a real passion of of ours is that people understand how to care for these animals. You know, as Lynn talked on here, she she wants this dog to have a good home, but she also wants him to be raw fed, and you know the whole mm-hmm. the whole. Well, it's all, it's all about learning. I'd love people to buy my booklets. I'd love people to think about maybe doing a consultation with me as and when they might like to. I'd love them to send a donation or think about volunteering to help us in some way. Um, our website has our residents, so people can go and look at our all the animals that live with us and learn a little about them and see how wonderful they are. Um, everybody, everybody that loves animals just is so special. They are, and you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm an animal lover. I'm not saying that I'm so extra special, but I mean, the animals have so much to teach us about every facet of life if we're listening. And we actually, and Gail, this may interest you. We have a veterinarian who's coming on. Has such a heart for animals, and he's coming on in July, I believe. And he's he's going to talk about what he has learned from animals. And I really think that you probably have a whole lot you could teach about that because oh, if we're listening, I mean, they can teach us about everything in life and I honestly think that that's a primary purpose for their being here on this earth with us and I even for people who don't necessarily aren't animal lovers which I kind of wonder why you wouldn't be why anybody wouldn't be um, 
it it's it, there is so much to learn from them, and I appreciate so much the work that you're doing at Brighthaven, especially the path that you are taking now with the work that you are doing. And uh, we hope that people will um, step up and be a part of helping you and get that message out there. Um, and let's see some Brighthavens popping up not only around the country but also the educational programs that you've put in place. And Perfect. so people. And people can find you at brighthaven.org. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-H-A-V-E-N.org. And Gail, you are a welcome guest back here anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I would love to come again. And hopefully Jeannie can close this show with me. And uh, in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagon, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.